All right. Well, today we're going to speak about compassion. <clears throat> Last week, remember, we, we were into Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. I want to reread 12 to 14. It says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And remember last week, uh, we had this chart up that Pastor Tim put up there, that because we are God's chosen people, holy and beloved, that we are to put on those seven things, well, six and then the, the belt of love that ties it all together. And it doesn't really matter whether you believe it or not. It doesn't make it untrue just because you don't believe it. It just means you don't get to experience it. Uh, so we want to start with the first one on this list of uh, compassion. Uh, the two big ideas from last week were behavior follows identity and not vice versa. Um, because vice versa, that is religion. And uh, I've thought on that all week, and it's, it's come uh, in my face several times, and uh, how, how easy it is to flip that and to try to act in a way to gain some kind of identity that you already have. And then the other one was forgive others as Christ forgave you, which is immediately and completely. It's not if or when, but now. Just do it now and forgive immediately. Jesus was never offended when they came after him because he never sought their approval to begin with. And you will stop being offended when you quit seeking the approval of others because the you have no expectations. If you're a, a follower of Christ, you need to go ahead and die and get it over with. And so my big idea, which I stole from Pastor Tim, which he told me today that he stole from somebody else, so we're not going to give credit to anybody for this one, is uh, compassion is love in action. And we're supposed to put on or clothe ourselves, which means I have to, I have to own it. I can't, if, if you tell me to go buy, put on an Armani suit, I, I can't. I don't have one. I don't have access to one. So when Paul's telling us to put on compassion, he, he means you have it. And when you're not wearing it, it's because you're choosing not to wear it. It's part of your DNA now. As a Christ follower, compassion is part of you. And you must have, you've got to recognize that. So anytime I, I respond in an unloving, uncompassionate way, I have chosen to take it off. Because it comes with Jesus. It's his DNA. If you look through all these things in the list, the compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, and love, that is Jesus' DNA and character. So when you became a Christian, it became yours. And that's why we clothe ourselves with it. It's, it's covered. It's like a... I used to have a picture of a Romanian sheep herder, and it, it's just big... It looks like a... Uh, a big dog, actually. But he just would wear it. It makes him about this big. He's clothed with it. And, uh, <laughs> and to be honest, doing this study has been hard because it's making me compassionate. And I don't really like that. 
It's messing up my counseling style and everything. Uh, but there's two kinds of compassion that I see. One is, is more of a personality of compassion, which is somebody who's very compassionate. I have an acquaintance who, uh, when the AIDS epidemic broke out, he uh, started the first AIDS ministry in San Francisco, and he said 47 straight days he sat on the bed of someone who passed every day. And that led to compassion fatigue. Because if, if you're doing things in your own strength, you're, you're going to burn out. You will, have, uh, you will have compassion fatigue. And I'm not saying it isn't compassionate, but it isn't biblical compassion. Biblical compassion always leads to action. And whether Jesus was, whenever Jesus was moved with compassion, someone got healed, delivered, set free, whatever they needed. Uh, and it, it always moves in action. So you have, to, you have to choose it. Like I get up, you know, I'm doing this uh, study. I'm like, okay, it's Saturday. I'm going to be compassionate today. I have to put it on. But I can't do it in my own strength or I won't make it through the day. And then I did notice, too, that as I began to read what Jesus did with under moving in compassion, that I honestly do decide not to. And I'm responsible for that. Biblical compassion always leads to action. And uh, in some of the definitions, you could actually say it's mercy, that compassion is mercy. And the only one who can extend mercy is the one who has authority to do something about it. So one time I got pulled over. One time. I'm not going to tell you which time. I don't get pulled over as much as I used to. But I went to, I decided I'd go to court because I was just going to fight it. Um, and then when I went in, I thought, well, this guy has authority to drop this thing. So when he asks me how I plead, I'm going to say, I'm going to plead for mercy. And I did. And then I had to pay when I left. <laughs> but the point is that he had authority to say, you don't have to do this. He, he was given that authority by, as, a, as a judge. And the only one who can extend mercy and true compassion is the one who has authority to rule over it who actually has the ability to cancel the penalties. And when I started looking at articles about compassion, I quickly found out that most people don't know what compassion is. They think of sympathy and they think of empathy. And so we want to look at the differences real quick. Sympathy is just feeling sorry for somebody, showing that you understand and care about their problems. So it's basically you're sorry for them. Empathy is the ability to understand people's feelings, which means you're sorry with them. Compassion, biblical compassion, is based on authority because mercy has to come from one in authority. And it, so it's, it's sorry and offering help. Does that make sense? So the, the judge could have let my, you know, ticket go. He could have is feeling sorry with someone, but then not leaving them there. It's getting them the, the help that they need like Jesus did. So if they're hungry, you feed them. 
If they're naked, you clothe them. If they're sick, you heal them. If they're lonely, you befriend them. And Jesus said that he had all authority, and he sends us in that authority, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It is not compassion unless you have the ability to relieve the suffering. The one that God has the most compassion on in my life is me. When I was 25, he, I came to him and said, you need to save me, or I probably won't make 30. And you, Pastor Carroll probably remembers those days. I had more hair. <laughs> yes, so did he. <laughs> there, go back. So the one that, when I was 25, uh, I was a total mess. Um, I cried out to the Lord, and he came. And he had compassion on me, put me on a path, and it switched my whole life. It's never been the same since, which is good for everybody. And he, he not only put me on a path, he gave me the power to change and walk that path. I must have been traumatized up here one time in the pulpit, because every time I get around this pulpit, I start sweating. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I've been here for eight weeks to, you know, around here. I haven't sweated one time until today. Joy in your living room. So Jesus, he had all authority. It's not compassion unless you can relieve the suffering, which Jesus does. And he, he is the only one who could relieve my suffering. He's the only one who can relieve your suffering. And he has the authority to do it. So I want to look at some scriptures where Jesus did it, starting in Matthew 20, 34. It's the two blind men who came, and, and Jesus said, what do you want? And in verse 34, Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their, their eyes received sight, and they followed him, which I would think would be a natural response <laughs> to just having your eyesight given back. In Mark 1, 40 and 42, 42, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Mark 6:34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Matthew 9. I know these are a lot, but you can look them up. 9, 35 to 38. When Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And then, of course, Mark 8, feeding the 4,000. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and nothing to eat. So there's a pattern with this, that compassion is always about the other person, and it's about alleviating the pain. And Jesus was always looking at things from a kingdom perspective. So 
he would usher in the kingdom. We've, we've heard it prayed here many times, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus would always look at it as a kingdom movement, and he would look at them and know that in the kingdom they didn't have to be this way, that they could have their sight, they could be well, they could eat. And uh, I also noticed another thing while reading it, not one time did Jesus go out looking for somebody to be compassionate to. They always came to him. You won't have to go looking for somebody to be compassionate to. They will come to you, Jesus said. Lift me up and I'll draw them in unto you. And there's no way to have true compassion without the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. He's the one who empowers me, enables me to do whatever is necessary in the moment. Jesus used the same gifts that you and I use to extend compassion. The ones in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the nine gifts, wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, and you know the rest, or the fruit of the Spirit. He also used that. But that's how you extend true compassion. Those are some of the tools you're going to need to alleviate the suffering. People are suffering everywhere. And Pastor Tim was talking about that this morning, the, uh, the weight that people are feeling now. And there, there is fatigue setting in, and there is frustration, and there is anger. And they need somebody that looks like Jesus to alleviate that suffering. And you have the tools to do it. When you've clothed yourself with compassion, you will start to, it comes from your gut. It's not something that I think, oh, I need to be compassionate here. It's something that rises up in you that actually lets you see them and the hurt and then helps you get from the Holy Spirit what he wants to do to alleviate the pain. And it's costly. Well, it has to start. You have to start. You have to do it. You know, you could go to, to Kroger up the street here, I mean, but get in line and don't get too close. But I bet you could stay busy all day long in that parking lot if you were so led, talking to people and bringing compassion and healing, not sympathy and not empathy. Sympathy doesn't cost you anything. And empathy doesn't really either. But compassion costs you everything just like it did with Jesus. And you know, sometimes you have to have compassion on yourself. You have to forgive yourself and move through it and get past it and let God minister to you so that you can stay whole and minister to others. Sometimes it's harder for me to have compassion on me because I know I know better. I knew better than that. I shouldn't do it. I'm probably harder on me than anybody, and I'm sure you're harder on yourself than anybody as well. So give yourself a break, because none of us deserve what we get. I mean, we deserve to die. That's about the extent of what we are deserving. So anything other than that is why we put on compassion, because it comes deep from your gut, and it's sometimes translated pity and mercy, but it's not like having pity... um, like um, every time I, I think of a Russian word for it, which is kind of funny, but I don't want to say it wrong because somebody will catch me. Um, but it, it's, it comes in here. The Holy Spirit rises up in you. The, the life 
that he gives you. <laughs> How far can I go without causing too many problems? <laughs> and Paul is telling us that we need to choose to put on compassion. Because if you don't, you will become hard-hearted, calloused, insensitive. And I have been and can be insensitive pretty quickly and pretty easily. And uh, just remember that compassion is love in action. It has, you have to do something with it. You cannot just say it. It's, it's got to be an act. It's got to be, it's got to have feet and hands to it and a cost. And if you do that, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you things in people that need to be ministered to, need healing. Uh, it's, one of, it's part of Jesus' character. We just read all the places where, he, we didn't read all of them, but many places where he had compassion. He was moved with compassion. His, and if you'll notice, when he was moved with compassion, it was after he had been doing stuff. And then he saw their condition. The multitudes. He's like, you've been with me three days, they have nothing to eat. Jesus never once had fatigue, had compassion fatigue. He had fatigue because he went and it says he would get tired and withdraw to pray, but he never got tired of doing the right thing for, the, for people and meeting the needs and, and stopping the cycle of hurt and pain and suffering that people go through. And um, I think it, it goes, it's so easily, it's so easy to be in a nice church like this with great people and uh, to dull down your sensitivity to things outside of here. So it's like when we're all in here, this is great. And uh, we hardly, I hardly ever think about what somebody needs here unless they call the office. I don't really ask the Lord who today needs compassion. I just assume that if they're in here, they're fine. And we're supposed to go find other people to, to minister to. But it's usually the people in here who need it the worst. And it's like Pastor Tim was praying earlier. When, when he gets a word for joy, that we need joy, you can feel it in the room. And hopefully you're feeling it in your living room. But we need joy. And nobody can take the joy. Joy will give you a foundation for, to be compassionate. Because you won't be suffering. You'll be joyful. My joy has actually gone up all morning since we got here. I wasn't very joyful this morning. I'm much more joyful now than I was. And I, um, we've just been thinking about the amount of um, compassion received in my life, either through people or through God himself or things that, um, I don't know, that since I've been studying it, I've gotten really too soft, actually. <laughs> I don't know why, what's that? It's like, a, I feel like a mush ball. I just, I don't, it's, it's like... It's like being in a 3D card. Like I'm, I, I'm not just reading about it, I'm experiencing it. Well, yeah, you think it's good. 
I want to pick my subject next time. <laughs> so, so it's been it's been an interesting week. Lord, help me. We don't want to leave the world the way it is. We don't want to just say important, smart things and not affect every, every little city in this area, every people in every store, in everything. I remember a couple years ago, well, it's been plenty now, I think it was before we went to Ukraine. Um, I had been meditating on the Lord and his goodness and all of that, and I, and I thought, I want to I wanna ex- experience so much of his presence that I can't stand it, and then just a little more. I thought that would be fun. That wasn't a very good prayer either. <laughs> but that's kind of the way I feel like now. It's like, I don't want to just talk about compassion. I want it to develop. I want to be quicker at it. I want to recognize it faster. When someone's coming to me, I want to know instantly through the Spirit, what do they need? How do we minister this? And I think if, I, if, if we quit trying to build ministries and build people, the ministries will grow. But we spend so much time trying to, to have a ministry built around God's performance that we miss what's really needed. You know, and there's many times in Scripture where Jesus would start talking and he, they would ask him a question and he never answered it. He just went straight to the root. You can't do that if you're thinking about yourself. You can only think of him by the Spirit and he will tell you what they need to know. And so really it becomes a point of death. Just die to yourself. It's, your life is not your own. My plans don't matter to me. They shouldn't. They probably will after I get done today because you know how that works. <laughs> it's like rats. Who said that? Um, but if we're going to, if, if, if you truly believe that you are beloved, chosen, and holy, you have no option but to be compassionate. Because those are, the, those are the DNA of that chart. Compassion being the first one. And in the next few weeks, we'll go through the others. So I've kind of rambled on. Um, I don't think I fully understand what compassion is yet. I feel it more than I have. Don't know that I want to understand it, but I'm probably going to have to. And uh, so, so, Ruth, you're off the hook. Because <laughs> I do have the authority to... Show mercy. <laughs> uh, no, I hope you know I'm kidding. But um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I do know. I, I bet by the time we get through this series, if everyone applies themselves to all these areas, I think you'll be. We'll all be different because the, you know there's a lot of talk about coming back and you know getting back to normal, and we don't want that. We we don't want to go back to what we were. That's no good. I think the whole, this whole season has just identified all of our areas. I know it has for me. Um, I'm, not, I'm not able to distract myself, so I have to deal with what I see in the mirror, which is where the problem always is. And the same way with compassion. I, I now can see better because I can't distract myself. 
and I'm starting to look for it. So um, let me pray. Father, we do our best to try to understand you and your ways, and we fall woefully short, usually. Um, but your Holy Spirit can bring illumination to our minds and our hearts. You, you give us power. You can show us how compassion really works. And you can, you can also identify our motives. And so I just pray that in this next season, this next week, that you will unpack what compassion looks like. I pray that we'll recognize it before we miss it and that you'll give us the power and the wisdom and the understanding to, to walk with you in it. Lord, I'm asking that during this series, we would all get so close to you that, that when we bleed, it'll be bleeding Jesus. Your cross was a full expression of compassion. And that's what sets the stage for all of us. So, Lord, would you do it? Would you have your way in us? Would you identify and remove the blinders so that we can see and deal with our own stuff? Would you give us compassion for one another? And would your kingdom continue to expand in this city and across the world as we walk in your ways? We love you, Lord. We thank you. You are a good, good father. Amen. We have uh, two questions I think are going to be up here that uh, you talk with each other at home as family or with friends. Uh, just to discuss the differences between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. And the other is, what, what would it look like if, if you always responded to your friends and family in compassion? What would that look like at your house? And uh, I have a feeling I know, but they're, easy, they're good questions to get you talking. So God bless you. Be blessed as you go out this week. Blessed in the field and blessed in the city. And be a blessing to everyone else as well. Amen.